listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 217, covering Honor Among Thieves and Change of Heart with Mark Bosco. Hello, friends! We are here in a hotel room with some friends. Live it, live from room 1805 in the fabulous Roosevelt Hotel. It's the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast. Don't tell them where your room is. Why, by the time time this goes up, we'll be long gone. I suppose that's true. (laughs) We are uh, in the midst of our Emerald City Comic Con, our annual appearance. Uh, we just had a very successful panel for our other podcast, Sarcastic Voyage. We fucking killed. Where were you? Uh, yeah. I thought you were asking me. What do you mean, where was I? I was up there <laughs> you with you. You were there the whole time. You we were right kissed. next to we me. We locked lips. It was beautiful. Yeah. We I sank ships. I am in love with you now, so... Well, that's okay. Also, Bob is joining us Hello there. On um, the show. So, Bob is joining us. And, uh, yeah, I forgot how to do the show because there are people watching and I'm very tired. They're judging you. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we are, we are doing this for the first time ever at... Like at night. 11 at night. Yeah, this is not good. I don't do 11 at night. No. So I don't see what the big deal is. should be a lot of fun. Of course you don't. You live in the city that never sleeps. A little less from the peanut gallery, I think. Nobody told me to be quiet. In any event, I don't have to do a summary, so uh, I can just go to sleep now. Uh, Bob, if you would, please. Oh. Bob, give him the business. I Tell guess. us about By which the episode, I mean us. what is called Honor Among Thieves. Yes, I'm awake. After all of that time playing second fiddle Falcon to Bashir's James Bond, I mean, uh, generic secret agent character, <laughs> O'Brien decides it's time to one-up Julian and become a real secret agent, working for Starfleet Intelligence. Meanwhile, on the Blade Runner backlot, Miles gets in with a gang that's part of the Orion Syndicate, which I thought was the one with the big guys and the dancing green women and... Uh, where was I? Bob, Bob, right. Bob. <laughs> Bob's come on, sweetie. Come on, sweetie. Keep your head in the game. Orion hooks up with, uh, O'Brien. Yeah, O'Brien <laughs> hooks up with, uh, Bilby, who's just a sympathetic, hard-working mobster who wants to provide for his family. He plays O'Brien with booze, broads, and swank threads to keep Miles happy and fixing his electronics, but Bilby's about to get caught up in some delevious, devious, no, Delevious, Con- that's gotta be right. <laughs> devious, I am also tired. Uh, but Billy's about to get caught up in some devious political maneuvering by the Vorta to get the Klingons out of the alliance with Starfleet. Starfleet intelligence needs Bilby to stay the course, but O'Brien yells, You're not my supervisor! to the wide dark alley and runs off into the night to warn Bilby. But Bilby decides he has no choice but to follow through on the kamikaze mission. Thanks for, for the warning, though, O'Brien, you bastard. For that, I'm willing you my asshole cat. Thus begin the adventures of Miles and Chester, best of friends. Now, that's not the adventures of his cat, who is an asshole. That's the adventures of his asshole cat, the cat made of assholes. Well, we are getting a little punchy that's here, I think. From Asshole 9 in the Asshole Nebula. I gotta say, when I watched this episode, I was struck with how goofy a name Bilby is, but hearing mm-hmm. you say it, 17 times in two paragraphs. Bilby. Really brought that home. Bilby right Baggins. <laughs> King of the Wild Frontier. <laughs> Greatest little hobbit of them all. Oh, Leonard. <laughs> it's all the same thing. We, had our, uh, we have our Star Trek puppets at, at the con here, and uh, 
it, it occurred to us, I think Matt actually 20 said... 20 minutes in, it's yeah. like, maybe I shouldn't have this dead actor on my wrist for yeah. a while. <laughs> maybe I shouldn't pretend to be this recent corpse. That's mm. in bad taste, so we decided against that. So it's the Kirk and Bones. Yeah. Mm. So this episode, Bob, I get the impression you, you kind of enjoyed this one. I actually did. I thought the, um, the uh, what's his name, Nick Tate uh, was the actor who played Philby, and mm-hmm. I, I thought he gave a really solid, you know, kind of working man... Sympathetic character. You don't understand. The Orion Syndicate drew me in. All I'm just doing it for my family. Yeah. Every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in. Well, okay, maybe not that level. That's a good thing. No, I know. (laughs) Well, listen, he's not Pacino. (laughs) But it it felt really believable to me that O'Brien would feel sympathy for the guy, and you know, actually, actually felt bad with him when he went off to die. that's fair. It's a good thing they hooked the nicest guy in Starfleet up with the nicest guy in the Mafia. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that he never said, I'm in the Mafia. There's a, there's a scene where I was like, okay, Star Trek is so bad at subtle things, mm-hmm. and it's so bad at like trying to... Sh- because we're always seeing these virtuous people, yeah. we're always seeing the best of the best. Whenever they try to show someone a little dirty, a little whatever, it's like they're so bad at it, and it's like, I'm in the Mafia! And it was nice to say, come on, do I have to spell it out for you? You know, you know, you what, know what I, I do. And it was, okay, good, finally. Have you ever heard of the Mafia? Yeah. <laughs> the what? Shh. <laughs> yeah. Would you like to buy an O? <laughs> <laughs> a nickel? Shh. Roy, Roy. I don't know, I, I, this is one of those episodes where, uh, and I think Matt agrees with me, we, we would check. How, how much longer? 22, 22 minutes. minutes. It's a 22 yeah. minutes episode. <laughs> and again, as many of our regular guests are here in the room, they're all kind of nodding and agree. Yep, we know those. <laughs> We've all been on board for at least one of those. Mm-hmm. But uh, and I'm not saying they all they all disagree with you. I'm just saying we kind of thought yeah. this one was one of those slow ones. You, you really like the it guy. Was, huh? It was a slower one, but there was just something about it that kind of drew it's, me in about the character. That connection between O'Brien and Bilby was. Like those two guys, those two guys are both very talented actors who are mm-hmm. playing off of each other very well. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing was the guy, the uh, Bilby, uh, that actor was. You remember the episode? Uh, and I have people knowledgeable about Star Trek in the room here. What was the episode where uh, Wesley and Picard crash landed on the planet mm-hmm. and they had to get? Was it Final Mission? Was that the one? No, it was. Us. No, it was called yes. Shitty Desert first Planet. Duty. Right. <laughs> it's definitely not First Duty. I think it was Final Mission where. Trouble Pic- with Tribbles. Yes. Well, there will be no trouble at all. The world is trouble hollow. With duty. Yes. <laughs> Whatever the one with Mr. Ataz is. Ugh. It's A to Z. Oh. That's okay. I only oh, just figured out Helen Noel Christmas party. Uh-huh. I only just got that. Oh, jeez. Yeah. None of us got that. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I get it. Helen. Noel Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Do you not know? Now, if her name was Helen Noel. Then okay, I could but understand Helen people. doesn't mean party. <laughs> okay, but Noel. Well, no, in the, the Helen. in the original Greek, though. Yes. Jehovah was spelled with an I. Yes. yes. Um, and Helen was spelled with a noisemaker. <laughs> so the, I think we're all a bit tired. Mm. That's the only but, way any of these shitty know, jokes are landing. The only, you know the episode I'm talking about, though, yeah, right? Yeah, Where, yeah. Um, the yeah. captain, the, the, the grizzled captain of the uh, he drags him into the cave and has to find water behind yeah, yeah, the horse yeah. field. And he brought booze or something? Yeah, but the guy who played Bilby is that guy. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Same actor. And Matt hated that I guy. I fucking in that hated episode. that piece of shit <laughs> asshole. So it's interesting now to hear you say yeah, he did you like the actor, you just one. didn't like that character. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. 
the record will show I hate certain people. I understand that. <laughs> Usually they others. tend to be women for some reason. Well, that's accurate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Matt has a problem with women in authority. I don't know what that is. There's no room in our world for the stars. That is a ridiculous thing to say in front of all of these people. <laughs> <laughs> you know there are people listening like to the show. No. Some of them have come to our table and said, hi, we like your show. No, so I was shocked by the amount of people who showed up at the live show. Yeah, well, that's true. That's for the other show. Mm. That's a different thing. Um, anyway, no, the thing the thing I found kind of dull, and this is my bad thing, is mm. the main thing I like about the show, it's an ensemble comprised of about two dozen recurring characters with rich, intertwined backstories that we've spent six seasons getting to know. And for some reason, this season, it's like, let's go off on weird solo adventures. Quark's got the Magnificent Ferengi, Bashir's got statistical probabilities, and now this. It's like, it's fine, but it's just so far removed. Like, where's all these... Where's this rich, like, 20, 25-character thing we got going? Why is O'Brien off on his own? Where's all the guys we like? like? Let's cut him off from everyone. Yeah. And, I mean, they really do. Like, well, no one else is in this episode except for for a couple of minutes. Yeah, but there's guys in the extended cast I would love to get to know better. Let's mm-hmm. do a Damar episode. Let's do a Wayun episode. Let's yep. do, a, you know, like, there's all kinds of guys nope. like that. Nope, mob guy. And so your objection is not that it was a small episode focused on a couple of people. It's that it no. was O'Brien? No, it's just O'Brien going off with friends we've never seen before and we'll never see again. Well, I don't know. Friends is... Well, uh... you, but you know what I mean. <laughs> he's, he's off on a weird solo adventure with a bunch of guys we've never met and don't care about and we'll never see again. Yeah. And that, that was... Just like Bashir, just like Quark. They yeah. keep doing that and I don't, it's just not my favorite yeah, thing. Yeah, I can see that. And that was part of my bad thing, too. Oh? You what do you got? Why did you know? just that we didn't know who this Starfleet intelligence guy was. Mm-hmm. Have we like even really talked about Starfleet we intelligence have, much before? We Maybe. have not yet. I know you ha- you were watching in real time. You don't yeah. know. We will get more of that later. Yeah, okay. but we, we haven't really scratched the surface of Starfleet intelligence no, yet. It, it seemed like not knowing so many people in the episode that I, I mean, I realized for the economy of a TV time scale, you know, you only have forty two minutes in order to tell the story that they have to shorthand some things. But there was just so much of it that. We didn't get a, a real introduction to this, you know, shadowy figure that he meets in the hallway. Uh, yeah. Whatever. The, <laughs> the, alley. the living rectangle? Yeah, the alley all the time. And, they, and and some of it was just, it was so hokey, the, you know, the, well, they used the a lot of the they were going back and forth. It was like, well, you know, we brought you down here, but you don't know why you're here, and we're going to tell you in an alley after the first time you meet with Always the in the lightning. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, yeah, sh- the, the lightning that planet rained more than Ferenginar. It, it was wasn't usually dark. raining, though. It was just, like, it's thundering just before the rain. Dark and stormy night. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was always a dark and stormy night. I was taking yeah. a creative writing class. <laughs> <laughs> Too many cliches. I was yeah. perched on a dog. But house. that's the thing, is because it's such a, like, when they do these, when they do episodes that are complete, like, sort of, different genres like let's do a spy story let's do a whatever mm-hmm. they have to work in those in that shorthand yeah and that often means getting lazy and doing cliches i'm not saying it's a good thing i'm yeah. agreeing with you but i'm saying because of that because you're used to star trek and we have all that established stuff to do this we have to say you know spy, spy stuff you know who this guy is let's yeah. just go get on with it but i can i kind of think those lead into each other that because we didn't know all of these people that the shorthand felt even lazier because mm-hmm. we didn't have that that history of the characters. Oh, yeah. Well, Matt, Hi. tons of the, uh, the, the, just the, the disparaging comments you were making at the TV. Oh, God, yeah. Were just like, 
Uh, I'm, I'm, I bought a boat and I'm two weeks from retirement. And you were just calling out all these horrible cliches. The most, right. like, yeah. It's because it's because they, they work so hard to set this dude up as like the one guy you're supposed to care about. In the space of like a minute when that dude shows up, he's like, okay, this is my family. These are my kids. The only reason I work for a crime syndicate is so that these two kids can stay hungry. Don't now, forget the cat. Now, speaking of which, let me put that away. This is the cake my wife made. My wife loves oh, me cake, so much that she made this cake. Here, try oh. this cake. You like this cake? No, that that much? Okay, I trust you now. Okay, <laughs> fuck that. That really made me think of you, Al. The, uh, your, I know your hatred of cake. Yeah, me and O'Brien were... Yeah. Uh... And also, if that weren't enough, I literally have a cat to pet. Yeah. <laughs> Which means I'm a villain, but also I like cute animals. Yes. Is that it? Am I sympathetic enough now to be your best friend? Yeah. But you're right, the actor, and I, like you both said this, the actor was like sort of charismatic enough and likable enough. He actually did feel like, even though that is a bit lazy, he, he still sold it. He had some good chemistry with O'Brien. I could genuinely see those two becoming yeah. friends. But Which, you know, like that's important if you're going to end the episode with O'Brien... Feeling bad that he betrayed a friend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But on the other hand, we really need to talk about, okay, first of all, well, first of all, anybody can be O'Brien's friend. Mm -hmm. We've said that all along. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> loves him. He's lovable. Or vice versa. But, but second of all, he, he is the least suited of everyone in the extended cast of DS9 to be a secret agent. He's not good at blending in with That's... things. He's terrible with other cultures. That... He just doesn't... Yeah. He's the, no good. The entire thing the episode hangs on is this stupid thing where, what, everyone in Starfleet Intelligence was really busy this week, so let's grab a random dude from this yeah, space station in the middle of a war. And not just, not just, like, an actual intelligence officer or anything. We're going to pick the fucking guy who cleans, who, or who fixes the place. <laughs> well, on, what? In, in, in its defense, the idea was he was supposed to be an engineer because he needed to fix stuff to get their trust. Mm -hmm. But there still must be guys with engineering yeah. experience who could have done this that are more He's suited than me. Such a random pick. It's just like, yeah. uh, get me that guy. But as Bob pointed out in his summary, Bashir would have been a much better choice. And just he, because he's yeah. playing secret agents yeah, all the time. Yeah, he fucking loves yeah. that spy shit. He would be yeah. all over that crap. The and, only problem is the mob would find him insufferable. Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but playing secret agent is not the same as actually... That okay, but... Um, the actual spy crap. But he's also, like, a genetically engineered super guy. Well, that's true. So he's smart and he can think on his feet and do calculations and crap yeah. like that. So that's, you know... But that's smug. I want to see true. him so badly show up on that fucking piece of shit planet, full tuxedo. <laughs> no, Mr. Bilby, I expect me to die. <laughs> what are you miming there? He's pointing the face at himself. Uh, he's trying to do the James Bond thing. Yeah, he's like, he's like, I don't know how this. W well, it's like a dustbuster phaser, so it's sort of like. Oh, of course. Da 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 da. Yeah. And then you'd have the the Bond girl in the in the gold panel, and it'd be green paint because they're Orions. Mm -hmm. And now we've lost Bob. And then Bashir would be like. <laughs> That doesn't actually work. You can't kill people that way. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was uh, your bad thing. Matt, what was your good thing? I don't know. Let me have my... Let me bore your iPad. Very well. <laughs> I love... Uh, right at the beginning of the, ep of the episode, um, we get to see a little scene of everyone in DS9. Everything basically just starts falling apart. Yeah, yeah. Chief O'Brien is there. And it's all supposed to be... Well, Chief O'Brien was the only one who knows how the Starfleet equipment uh, lines up with the... Uh, uh, That's actually Cardassian quote, stuff. Man. Sorry? Oh, ah, well then, well, let's please. Hear it. <laughs> Major, 
There is something wrong with the turbo lift. I can see that. We seem to be having a lot of system glitches. Happens every time Chief O'Brien goes away. I do not understand why his staff cannot keep the station running in his absence. I must have left my idiot brother in charge. So after that, Julian goes into Cisco's office. I just wanted to know uh, where Chief O'Brien is. Oh, is I'm something bro broken in the... I, uh... I, I've got a broken thing in my sick bay. It's real important. <laughs> you sure, it's, are you sure, Doctor? Are you sure that it's just that your dartboard doesn't have darts in it? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I miss my friend. That Actually, my note even said, you miss your dart... Yep, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I love when the show does that. I love when I think I'm going to call them out on something and then... Yep. It just addresses it for me. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I should have trusted you. I'm very sorry. I just want my best friend back. Yep. No, it's delightful. And of course, my other note is, why don't we just let Rom the genius handle all of this? Everybody loves Rom. To which Cork replies, that's my idiot brother's fucking fault. <laughs> Two Rom. people applauding here. Rom, the Lynch brothers. Children. Yeah. Is Rom getting stupider again? or is it just? Yeah. Like... Yeah, he got smarter and then he got stupider again. It was just like... Was he, like, taking some sort of super serum and now he's run out? Or... What are you taking, stupid pills? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my good thing yes. was I love how this all ties into the war stuff. They actually did a good job. Like, this is kind of a standalone episode, but it does tie into the larger tapestry because the idea of the Dominion pulling off fake assassinations to throw the Alpha Quadrant off balance is, is kind of cool. And it ties into the whole changelings, like, doing surreptitious replacing people. and Like, they've been doing this stuff since we knew they were shapeshifters, mm -hmm. since they knew, like, from season two or three or whenever it was, they we started seeing them do this. It totally feels right that there's this Vorta paying yeah. shady guys to assassinate a Klingon, which would mm -hmm. then lead to a thing. I just, it felt right. Well, as soon, yeah. as, as, soon as, that, as soon as the Vorta shows up for the first time, I'm like, what the fuck does yeah, the Dominion exactly. want to have to do with this god with the goddamn mafia? And then they're like, well, this is why. I'm like, all right, fair enough. That makes total sense. Well, here are these dominoes that we're going to knock. <laughs> but I love how crafty they are. Yep. And, that, and it ties also to their alliance with the Cardassians, who are very much like that as yep. well. It's all like chess game, thinking three moves ahead and manipulating this guy to be against this guy and mm -hmm. alliances, and I love that. I love yeah. whenever we see these guys behind the scenes, it's like, you you think the way they're thinking, like, yeah, that's a good plan. <laughs> <laughs> and you want a villain like that, yeah. because sometimes, like, in Star Trek, you see someone doing something at cross-purposes with our guys, and you're like, why? That is the stupidest thing ever. You want to blow up a sun to, to fly into a Thing. I'm trying to bring <laughs> whales you, back. <laughs> <laughs> trying to bring whales back? I'm trying to bring whales back. There was no villain in that movie. The villain was the scary probe. No. Flying <laughs> around looking for whales. Very well. Making uh, tidal waves. Very well. Biologist. <laughs> whale biologist. Yes. Yes, you're ugly and you smell bad. I'm a whale biologist. Uh, Matt, what was your bad thing? Uh, I think I hit most of these. Oh. Yeah, let's see here. Oh, yeah, Bilby, the terrible criminal. <laughs> uh, dude seems to know literally everything there is about O'Brien the second time he meets them. Like, there's this scene um, after he sends O'Brien off to fix the little uh, shocky thingy. Yeah, the little uh, Johnny Mnemonic, like, yeah. head jack thing. Uh, O'Brien. I always forget about those. <laughs> only there was some kind of device. Uh, kangaroos and ice tea. No, you're thinking of Tank Girl. Oh, right. I always mix those up. Now I'm thinking of Tank Girl. Can we watch Tank Girl? Yes, I think we can. My good thing is Lori Petty is adorable. Yep. 
Anyway, so the next morning, O'Brien comes back to the bar, and he's all like, I, fi- I fixed your thing for you. Mm-hmm. And fucking Bilby's like, oh, well, now I know everything about you. I know your name. I know your history. I know uh, the name of your family. I know that you've fallen on hard times. And all I'm thinking is, did you know that he was meeting with the Starfleet official last night right outside your bar? Yeah. And you could have followed him the ten steps to check that out? No? Well, you suck. <laughs> All he did was pull up the information that was, like, on the internet that uh, yeah, like Starfleet had planted. Google his fake name. <laughs> yeah. What was his fake name? I don't remember. I don't remember. Or Falcon? Did he have a was it Falcon? It was probably yeah, Falcon. <laughs> also, um, Orion Syndicate? Not a single Orion in it. Well, a bunch of... We have White Old Man, Rat Boy, and Guy with Severe oh, no, no, no. Problems in the Face. No, catfish Boy. Oh, yeah, Catfish. Boy. He's got the terrible, like, Fu Manchu, like, oh, just so bad. He was like that guy in Star Trek with the, I don't like you either. No, that's Star, Star Wars. Wars. The other one. The other oh, one. yeah! <laughs> Star Wars! Bob, you are a regular guest on a Star Trek podcast. You really should know the difference I by this really point. I tired. <laughs> God, you're sounding like so much Gav. <laughs> well, it's a Star Trek. <laughs> oh, that Gav. I'm like, that's... wait a minute, Gav knows the difference between... You mean the other Gav. Yes, yeah, so much other Gav. <laughs> right. <laughs> Of course, that, that Johnny Mnemonic device is them just, like, doppling. <laughs> what? I didn't mean to fingle or boggle the fingle doppel. <laughs> I hope I'm not a filthy anteater. Uh, what, oh, we, in this episode, we learn that Quark serves uh, drinks that are on fire sometimes. Flaming Quarks. Yes, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything else? I don't think so. I hope not. It was a very boring episode. <laughs> I didn't care for it. Bob seemed to enjoy it. So. Oh, it, was, it was a nice character piece, but yeah, not a lot happened. The I thing just... is, you can put O'Brien in almost any situation, mm-hmm. and it's a delight, because he's a great, likable character, and Cole Meany is mm-hmm. just fun to watch. Well, I mean, that's why we have the O'Brien Must Suffer episodes, because we're, really, we're with him. That's true, and he didn't of... really suffer much. No, this was a O'Brien must feel bad episode. Yeah, it's not really the same. <laughs> sort of guilty. And he gets a cat, which he then immediately does not have in the next episode. Nope. Because there's scenes set in his quarters, and there's no cat. Well, you know, he yeah. asked Worf to cat sit for an evening, and, uh... <laughs> well, he doesn't care about cats nearly as much as Data used to. He should know Worf's history with cats by this point. I t- t- you have to feed him and tell him he's a pretty cat. No, I, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's interesting that you bring up the O'Brien suffering angle. Mm. I wonder if on this, like, kind of Blade Runner backlot world, instead of the uh, cult of Mercer, whether you're, you know, climbing uphill with people throwing rocks at you, instead you suffer with (laughs) O'Brien. That would be a good cult to join. Is that a Blade Runner reference? Yeah. I I fucking hate Blade Runner. Maybe it's it's not Blade Runner. It's in the book. Also, this I is think I read that in high school. The electric sheep. Yeah, yeah. This this is going to be one of those past tense things because literally everyone else in the world likes Blade Runner except know, us. It's just one of those things. Oh, yay! Solidarity. What's that? Does it have a hat guy? It probably has a hat guy. Oh yeah, it does. I love it. It yes. has young Admiral Adama in a hat. Well, that's one. That's one point in its favor. <laughs> yeah. Edward you mean she- almost you like mean it, shield zone, like uh, <laughs> Admiral Adama? What? You mean shield zone Admiral Adama? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, time to press forward. Unless either of you have any Fuck no. further business, nope. with change of heart to a little white dove. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's Worf and Dax, the two most in love lovers that ever loved. Look at Dax play tongo while Worf watches, smitten from the balcony. Look at Worf praying to his toy closet as Dax looks on. <laughs> a beautific expression of pure love on her face. Look at them bang on a bear corpse like Aldarian screw badgers in mating season. 
See them go on a dangerous but romantic mission, flying through asteroids that will never be as bright as the stars in their eyes. <laughs> Mostly because asteroids aren't bright, but also, <laughs> but also because of love. Watch them trek through a boring, lizard-fraught jungle with only the warm-slash-cool fire of their love to protect them. Behold the shield of their love, failing pr to protect Jadzia from getting shot in the gut and bleeding to death. The, that disruptor blast cannot burn as hot as their love for one another. <laughs> now look as Worf leaves his wife behind to complete the vital mission. Alas, love's pull quickly draws him back to his beautiful, bleeding bride, and he abandons the desperate Cardassian defector to slow death in a Dominion torture camp. <laughs> but, perhaps, as the knife enters his eye socket, slowly prying his remaining eyeball out as he screams for mercy, he can know that his suffering has allowed love to bloom on a battlefield. Back on DS9, a kiss from Worf brings that Jedzia back to consciousness. Also, her many, many painkillers have worn off. They tell each other of their great unending love, and then Worf tells Jedzia about all the trouble he got in. Meanwhile, Miles and Julian fail to win a game of Stratego. <laughs> that absolutely deserves the applause that it just got. That, Matt, I am not kidding. There are some beautiful turns of phrase in that. Yeah. I know it was for the purpose of comedy, but seriously, that was fantastic. Thank you. Good stuff. Yeah. Um... So I can't tell because there was a bit of a mocking tone there. Oh, you think? A little bit? <laughs> <laughs> and because we've, we've been prepping for the con and I haven't actually looked over your notes. What, what, what I thought it was a good episode. Okay. I thought it did a wonderful fucking job of really setting up just these two characters' love for each other. Yeah, we've seen <laughs> cute little scenes love. here and there, but we get a good 20, it, 30 minutes. I, the, the, the entire beginning when it's just a day in the life yeah. is mm -hmm. amazing. Yeah. You know, like... The scenes of him just watching her play Tongo mm -hmm. and talking to O'Brien and them sort of doing their little They make bed a little thing. bet, yeah. yeah. It's adorable. really nice. And then we get to see them back at their quarters getting ready for bed. And that is such a perfect slice of life thing while she's looking in, in the mirror and they're just talking about their day and he's getting his whole Klingon prey crap ready to go. Mm -hmm. It's just really nice. <laughs> it is. And actually, that's more or less my good thing. I mean, they're just so... They're great. Yeah. I mean... They're easily the best couple we've had on track, although as soon as I wrote that note, I thought, about, have we seen a couple for more than, like, two or three weeks? I mean, Orphan and, Orph and Troy dated for a little bit, but who knows what happened there. Mm -hmm. I left. Okay, apart from Kirk and, <laughs> apart from Kirk and his ship, uh -huh. this yeah. is the perfect couple. <laughs> but no, between, it's, the, it's partially the writing. Ron Moore wrote this, and he's, you know, he's got Worf's number. He knows, yeah. he knows, he knows Worf. And and just the acting, these two just have this sort of desperate, stupidly in love. Like it's, it's they're adorable. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like it. And yeah. and uh, Bob, you you compared it to what was it, like Preston Sturges or something like that, like old school like banter. Like yeah, I, there was a lot of those, especially when they get into the shuttlecraft mm -hmm. and they're like you know deciding where they're going to go in their honeymoon and Worf mm -hmm. wants to suffer and just yeah, <laughs> would like oh, to be pampered. Is that a thing and, Worf likes? I hadn't yeah. noticed. Yeah. <laughs> There's this great bit where he kind of backs off and he's like, yeah, you know what? We're going to do what you want. And and we who have watched this character like, for like, nine what? or ten seasons across two series are like, what? Well, let me just go into this. My good thing? Mm -hmm. I didn't fucking hate Worf in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> and all I do these days is hate Worf. But you, uh, to, to, to be clear, you love Worf. 
Yeah. We, we, we've clarified this on the show. You you still like Worf. You just, you have determined you would never hang out with no, Worf. No, I don't want to spend time. He's a dick. Yeah. <laughs> but he's fun to watch. But he is just so, like, caring and friendly and, yeah. like... He's finally sort of opened up to someone. Yes, it's, it's awesome. really nice. Yeah. It's really good. He really let his hair down. Oh. All right. Fuck it. That's it. Everybody out. Everybody out. We're done. <laughs> Nate, how many times today have you groaned at some terrible pun? <laughs> and then you just smack us with that. Al, Al, that's our cover. Yeah. <laughs> of course, our friend Nick, who's come out here all the way from England, who is famous for terrible puns, is just sitting here delighted. <laughs> the look on his face is, I don't know any of the Star Trek shit, but I know puns when I hear one. <laughs> Uh, Bob, what was your good thing? Uh, what was my good thing? Oh, um, hang on. Overall, I mean, just the writing was so good in this episode. But if I had to pick one... You do. Moment. That's the format of the show. <laughs> yeah, all right. I, I, you can't I, just I... decide. You're not Amanda. That <laughs> 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 uh, I would have to pick the asteroid field. That was just, like, a lot of fun. You know, it was a really good scene. Like, yeah. I just... And God, yeah. it looked good. Going on there, there was good banter between mm -hmm. them, and just kind of the playfulness of the moment. Just kind of, it's a lot of fun. Well, am I going too fast for you? No, I can speed up if I want. Yeah, there's a little bit of a sexual oh, thing, but it's not gross. Yeah, it was, like it was it's just enough that a, another 300 year old pilot couldn't do. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it's nice because I don't think we've ever really seen them work together before. Mm. So, and it ends up sort of being like that Picard episode where he dates the, the person under his command, and we realize, oh, this is a bad idea. Oh, fold-up piano girl, yeah. Yeah, that's why this is frowned upon. <laughs> and and it's another kind of one of those, where mm. it's like, it's great to see them work together, but what it's inevitably leading to is they should not work together because no. serious conflict of interests. Yeah. But it it's, it's good to see it briefly, because they are two people that are both good at their jobs, in addition to being in love with each other. Mm. So you get both dynamics of... I'll handle this part, I'll handle yeah. this part, but also the sort of light teasing, and it's, it's a good dynamic. That's the other thing, the, exec the actual execution of the mission goes really well. Like, yeah. they, they just work together very well. Yeah, because you got Dax doing the more science-y, yeah. like, like, analytical stuff, and you got Worf, like, punching stuff, which is what he does. <laughs> just throwing knives at trees. Yeah, <laughs> and yelling at lizards. Yep, and a snake. Because was there a snake also? There was a snake. Because honor, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Which is weird, because the previous episode was had honor in the title, and he wasn't even in it. Huh. Oh, also, neither was Sarah Clopton. <laughs> <laughs> Not appeared in this episode. Not appeared in any of these episodes. This fucking biography title. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah Clopton does not appear in this book. <laughs> and they, oh, and they, they were in the shuttlecraft uh, Shenandoah, right? Yes. And so, of course, Jedzia has to make the Shenandoah log. Which for some reason makes me. What is this? What is that? It's Shenandoah Mountains. There's woods. There's logs. I don't know. Right. It just made me laugh. Oh, fair enough. No one else here is laughing. Please refer to Bob's. <laughs> for, for, for the rest of this joke, please refer to Bob's notes. <laughs> that's, that's all there is in my notes. I just laughed when I heard it. Shenandoah Log. Fair enough. <laughs> Please see Appendix B of this podcast. <laughs> the supplemental supplemental. <laughs> uh, what was your bad thing, Bob, apart from that joke? That <laughs> I I was uh, disappointed that Worf... Worf? Worf? Worf. Worf. Didn't really get in trouble. Um, 
I mean, there there will be consequences, but not bringing him up on any charges kind of softens the blow a bit too much for what I thought he deserved. There there was a lot of condoning what he did, you know, and yeah. I don't think... Well, Cisco says, uh, okay, first of all, he says, because of the intelligence, the highly classified, yeah. blah, 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 we can't mm-hmm. officially make this part of the official record. But then off the record, it was like, you know, if that had been Jennifer I, back I in the day, I would have done the same yeah. thing. Yeah. But, but, I mean, like, we... We hear, like, the, you know, the Cardassian informant that he was supposed to say, we hear about him dying, mm-hmm. and, you know, that the information that he could have given the Federation could have saved lives. And maybe ended the war. Yeah. But, but it's all off screen, and it feels really it, easily yeah. brushed aside. It's so. just, like, all of that, none of that matters because, hey, Jedzia. I mean, I'll give you that, but on the other hand, the more we focus on that, I think it would have cheapened the episode. I think you need to, to keep the focus on... Really? Orphan Jetsia, and the more you get into the plot, the less, like... I really thought it would have been more poignant if, like, they had thrown Worf in the brig, and, you know, if he'd given up, like, he's up, given up all of this... yeah, what he's given up. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like, she wakes up, and there's no romantic scene between the two of them. It's like, where's, where's Worf? He's in the brig for the next month and a half, because he obeyed, disobeyed direct orders. Well, I mean, the thing Cisco said that stuck with me at the time when I saw this back in the 90s was he'll never be able to make happen now. Mm-hmm. He is now no longer... Like uh, uh, allowed to pursue command yeah. any further than this. Like he might mm. get promoted, but he doesn't get to be a captain of the ship. You and that be... was kind of a big deal to me at the time. Now looking back, it's like, well, there's only a season left in the show. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> but but at the time, I was like, wow, that's well, that's that's the end of his career. He's a red uniform. He doesn't get to do the thing that red uniform guys do. That's it. He's done. What what would that be? Would that be captaining a ship? Because he'll be doing that again in about two episodes. Well, no, he'll be he'll be commander temporary. Ship? Yeah, he'll be in charge. <laughs> he doesn't get his own ship though. Yeah. Like he won't. This is fine. I live on the Define anyway. Yeah, I mean, he can't kick me off. <laughs> no matter how much Michael Dorn asks, I'll just go. I'll just go on. I'll just go on vacation until everyone forgets. <laughs> they might have docked like seventy-two weeks of his, you know, eighty-five-week vacation. Well, a year. We we should check. We should check to see how long it takes for him to go on vacation again before the series ends. Yeah, we really should. <laughs> That's our no prize. <laughs> Uh, so my bad thing, well, my primary bad thing will have to wait for the spoiler section, which we will be doing this time. And again, Bob, watching in real time, has not seen the stuff I'm going to be talking about. Yeah, so I'll have to leave the room. They the have f- to, first yeah. time someone who's actually appeared on the show has had to leave when we're doing the spoilers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, we've done this before because he comes to my house sometimes. Yeah, I go into Amanda's office and go, la, la, la. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, for now, let's just say that Julian's subplot, while initially cute, kind of petered out about halfway through the episode. Oh, yeah, that's right. We haven't even talked about that. I mean, there wasn't much to it. It was like he was he he was thinking, uh, or no, O'Brien was thinking. Hey, I I got this genius friend. Let's do the Rain Man card counting thing, and we'll we'll, we'll clean Quark out. Yeah, didn't really work like that. No, no. It's because Quark got in his head and started saying, "So you were really in love with Jed Zia, huh? Jeez, Real bummer, huh? Gone. Now that's got a one that got away." Yeah. Kind of threw him off. Quark, now that you've torn down my entire life, is there any is there any brightness left at all? Bar's closed. Oh, <laughs> no dots. I, I do want to mention while we're on the topic, though, she, they show up at the at the Ferengi game, right? Mm-hmm. And I, everyone there's just like, this is an actual game, you know, we're not playing for credit, you gotta bring money. And Chief O'Brien holds up this big briefcase, like you see in like Pulp Fiction or whatever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he opens it up, and it's got four, like, little slips <laughs> of Latinum. Yeah. Just shoved into these little containers, like, really? 
could have brought them up in a fanny pack. <laughs> <laughs> really, you want to see them wearing a fanny pack, do you? I do now. All right. Fair enough. Uh, and it's not even that I disliked the, the, the subplot, and it's not that I disliked Quark getting under Julian's skin or all that. It's just it's one of those times where you have a B-plot that just kind of halfway through the episode is like, okay, this is done. Let's just go over here now. And it's, I just thought it was kind of badly paced. Well, I was reading on Memory all. Alpha, that was a that was an, uh, deliberate choice by Ron Moore. To, he didn't want to basically do what had happened in, uh, what's this, uh, Varile's brain falls out of his ears. Um, <laughs> where there's the sub, where there's the wacky, uh, Nog um, and Jake subplot. And the subplot keeps going. Yeah. And, and the serious keeps, shit's yeah. happening. It kind of, it's like, meanwhile, it this dude's life is over. And yeah, then meanwhile, fair. wacky crap. I, I can see that. <laughs> also, I did, did kind of like that, uh, when Quark was trying to get under Julian's skin that he was saying, oh, you know, uh, when Jadzia would come by and, you know, give me a smile or whatever, it would kind of brighten my day. Mm. And that mm-hmm. that kind of echoed how I've been feeling about Jadzia lately. Mm. Like, she's kind of gotten to that point where it's, it's you know, we're we're getting to like her more and there's more of that banter with her. It's just kind of like, oh, that, that is a nice part of the day. Mm-hmm. And, and that, I think, kind of added a little bit to, uh, you know, feelings about, you know, her getting shot and all that kind of, mm-hmm. that, that poignancy. I can see that. It adds I'm, to the... Yeah. I'm not making a good point, but... No, no, I get what you're saying. <laughs> Reminding us how great she is mm-hmm. yeah. makes us, like, worry about losing well, her Well, I mean, that's more. the yeah. entire... Fir- that's what the entire exactly. first half of the episode is devoted to. Yeah. Just reminding you that you care about these people. Yeah. Also, it's not hugely thrilling to watch people play board games. What do you think the most popular boring board game is at Quarks? I think it's Cards Against Humanity. <laughs> <laughs> good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dad jokes. <laughs> but like I say, those are all fake bad things. I got a real bad thing that has to wait for the spoiler section because it's a it is a big one. Mm. It's a genuinely big one. Uh, what else? Like I feel like not a ton happened and not in a bad way. There's just lots of. I mean, the first half of the episode is just Worf and Vax being yep. adorable, but there's not much plot to talk. I mean, about. it was kind of like Jordy and Data talking about yeah. the cat, but I cared about this. Oh yeah, no, no, no. That happened Wait. in uh, Force of Nature, and mm-hmm. you hated that episode. Yes. <laughs> what happened to the cat? Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> well, we see the uh... Worf petted it too hard again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. I what else? Still a bathroom on there. Oh, have you? Maybe. I think you got let's it. Find out together. Let's. <laughs> let's do. Well, I'll find out. Oh, I just—it wasn't anything major. I just kept checking out during the camping adventures. Really? Like dialogue was usually pretty good, but anytime they were walking around, cutting through vines and stuff like that, eh, trees, vines, lizard, weird wires that spiral around. What was happening trees. on Twitter? <laughs> I didn't. It didn't. That didn't bother me that much. Basically, they... what it gets down to is I fucking hate camping. Wow. <laughs> so you get to grind your axe about camping, and I get to grind my axe yeah. about board games. Yes. Bob, you got any I don't have to anything grind? to say later. No. That's fair. <laughs> I really like the bit just before she got shot, mm-hmm. where they're talking about they can hear a creature doing a mating call. Oh, when uh, Worf's wrapped in his potato uh, <laughs> blanket. <laughs> he kept his blankie from the Enterprise. <laughs> I don't um, feel safe sleeping without it. I need my binky. <laughs> <laughs> now I just got a, a picture of him doing the Linus thing where he's holding the blanket and sucking yeah. his thumb. Fucking Spot runs up and grabs it from him and runs away. <laughs> you blockhead. <laughs> um, but the, it's, it, there's, they hear the mating call of, of some alien creature and they're talking about it in kind of a like not creepy, just kind of sexy way. That's mating call. Oh, there's the mate. And it's, it's cute. 
and then they realize the the mating call happens and the response doesn't happen and huh guess he's not interested and no it's because they ran away because the the guy that's about to shoot you was here and it was, it was cool it played out as, yeah but it played out as like a cute scene that suddenly turned like mm -hmm. like an everyday mm -hmm. thing that turned dark and very I like organic that. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah i like that a lot yeah um it's a shame they were this close to some wood sex <laughs> I would be picking ticks out of my pubes for weeks. Nothing new there. Yeah. <laughs> Might be projecting personal uh, experience. We know but... for a fact that Worf does not like baths. Hey, I found a Shenandoah log. <laughs> <laughs> no. Still not working. Uh, Alright. Bob is still not funny. <laughs> I think... I think, um... Oh, never mind. I was about to mention uh, your quote, so why don't we just... Uh... Oh, yeah, play that quote. Hear that here. It's just unusual. Are you feeling all right? I am a married man. I have to make certain adjustments in my lifestyle. Adjustments? Worf, you're practically easygoing. What's next? A sense of humor? I have a sense of humor. On the Enterprise, I was considered to be quite amusing. Well, that must have been one dull ship. That is a joke. I get it. It is not funny. But I get it. I love the idea that Worf was the funniest guy on the Enterprise, yep. according to him. I was often, I was, it was often remarked that I was the most humorous person on the Enterprise. Well, okay, compared to who? Data and Picard. Yep. Okay. <laughs> that laugh riot. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely. Uh, anything else? Um. Oh, uh, I, I just have to say, uh, and I am not ashamed to say this. Anytime we get angry, Cisco, I just, like, oh, he's so sexy. <laughs> oh yeah. I don't remember what the setup is, but my note here is he gets super angry. Oh, um, he says, try me, sir. And it's, I do not <laughs> think you would understand. Oh, about saving your wife? Yeah. No, you're right. I would never understand. Yeah, the first that. the first scene in my story I that we started here was me dragging my almost dead wife away from a crisis. I, I know. can't possibly imagine what that could be like. Oh yeah. Try me, sir. He just gets ooh, gets so growly. I like it. <laughs> yeah, sploosh. <laughs> um, Anything else? No, that's all I had. How about you? Nope, that's it for me. Very well. All well, right. You either need to leave the room or cover your head or just say fuck it. All right, I guess I will uh, go to the bathroom. Right? All right, have fun. Very well. <laughs> and leave a water. Shenandoah log? Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, Thanks for uh, the setup, Pop. <laughs> Bastard! <laughs> <laughs> he says it. Tidro, do you care? Because I know you have you were watching for the first time as well. Okay. Mark. Thing is. All right. Oh, sorry. Didn't even realize. That's fine. I'm just gonna follow Bob into the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Some Shenandoah log. <laughs> um, That's what that is. The thing is, I'm not. I'm not even talking about specific story stuff. It's just Terry Farrell's about to leave. They're gonna kill off Dax. Why didn't they do it here? This right. was a, so much of a better death than she got, like... I I was reading Memory Alpha. She requested to get killed off in this episode. That would have been a good place it to do It would have been perfect. Especially since it's not at the very end of the season. Yeah. We would not have seen no, it in episode No one would have seen this fucking or whatever coming, it is. you yeah. know? Like, and, and that would have been so much more tragic for Worf because he would be responsible. Yeah. Like, that was her... Like, she actually said, she's like, I think it would, be a, would have been a really good character thing to have had Worf 
fail to save his wife. Yeah, because the thing is, through season seven, we get this tragedy of him blaming himself. Yeah. All it was was he wasn't there. Yeah. But here, he, is direct, he would have been directly responsible. Yeah. That would have been so much better. It's just, it's such a waste. I mean, really, my bad thing is Becker. And my bad thing <laughs> is always going to be Becker, because, ugh. But, yeah. Becker might be on my list of bad things in life, so... Yeah. I've never seen the show. Maybe it was at fine. The, at the end of my life, when I have to provide a summary for everything I've done that's humorous and contains a good thing, a bad thing, and a quote, Becker's going to be in the bad thing. <laughs> okay, Matt, what's the alternate title for your life? <laughs> We're going back to that bit. Oh. In Matt's future. Yeah, it's in the future. <laughs> oh. This could start getting depressing. Ah, well, let's, let's not then. But yeah, it's really just... She had a great out here. This mm-hmm. could have been it. And I don't want her to leave at all, but if she's got to... This would have been the place yeah. to do it, and they didn't do it. So, disappointing. I didn't actually read that on Memory Alpha. That makes it even worse. Yeah, I know, right? Because I thought it was just my stupid idea, and they pro- it was probably a sensible reason they didn't do it. No, she she says on Memory Alpha, she's, she's like, I knew I, this was my last year. Mm-hmm. I said, I don't want you to kill me, but if there's a story thing that would, like, if there's something yeah, that there's would a make natural, a story organic better, way to do it, then sure. do it. Yeah, fair enough. And it was, fu- like, that would have been amazing. Yep, absolutely. And instead, shot in the back over a matter of eighty dollars. <laughs> what kind of death do you call that? Oh, that's exactly the kind of Back to the Future reference Bob would have loved. Oh. <laughs> Just from the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> so that's all for this week. Uh, this is the Friday of our long three-day weekend of the con, so we still have a lot of uh, promotion to do, a lot of things to say and see and do. Yeah. So. Uh, might be a bit of a shorter episode than usual, but that's because Daddy's tired and he's got to go to bed. <laughs> so, Bob, excellent timing. Yes. Uh, before we sign off, would you like to tell the fine people once again about your podcast? Oh, sure, I would love to. Uh, it's The Optical, and uh, we've been doing a lot of uh, interviews and chatting about uh, early VFX movies from the 1980s and, and finding out some cool behind-the-scenes stories. So if you want to check that out, it's at opticalpodcast.com. Very nice. You've gotten much better at concisely, mm-hmm. like, the first time you're like, uh, VFX, early um, movies, and it's <laughs> yeah. a thing, and now you've just, like, got the sales pitch down. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> Matt, what the hell? Plug your thing. ForbiddenToInterfere.com. I make fun of what-if comics. <laughs> I have not I have not missed an update in almost a year, so... So proud of that, aren't you? <gasps> oh, my God, it's wonderful. It's the awesome. fuck did you do to me? <laughs> Gave me a goddamn worth work ethic. That's right, I did. All right, a worth ethic. That's all for this week. I've shut off my iPad, so I don't know what happens next week. But I bet Nate's going to be on the show soon. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think, I think we still got you left this season, and maybe Amanda. Or have no, you done yours did. yet? No, I don't want to be on. <laughs> have you done yours already like this popular season? Popular podcast. <laughs> oh. All right, and with that, Matt, say it. See you, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2015. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.